Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Be Her Village podcast. My name is Caitlin Legreas, and I'm the founder of Be Her Village. Be Her Village is an online gift registry for what moms really need, support, not stuff. We're talking to providers and people who care for moms in their pregnancy, their birth, their postpartum. We're talking to real moms and hearing their stories and really just getting into all the good stuff that comes along with new parenthood. So check us out, tune in, and let us know what you think. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Janelle, and we are Be Her Village, a gift registry where parents-to-be can register to get the funds they need to pay for the support they deserve. So just like a family member would pay for your stroller or baby swing, with the Be Her Village registry, they can contribute to your doula, prenatal massage, pelvic floor PT, or anything else to support you in pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. As of yesterday... There has been almost $26,000 gifted to new parents by their friends and family. So if you haven't told a pregnant person in your life about Be Her Village, here's your nudge. I'm excited to introduce this episode today as Caitlin, the founder of Be Her Village, is interviewing one of my dear friends, Sam Bassani. This episode was recorded a while back and I'm happy to announce that Sam and her partner had their beautiful baby girl at home. In this episode, they talk about the importance of setting boundaries and how it can be hard to navigate the emotions and big family personalities because, as we all know, everybody has an opinion on everything. Sam is a minimalist at heart and was happy to use the Be Her Village registry, and not just because she's a supportive friend, but because she wanted to set herself up with as much support as possible heading into birth and postpartum. In this conversation, Caitlin reminds us that the work of birth happens now, and I think that's a great thing to remember. Thank you to everybody who is showing their support on a daily basis. We truly appreciate it. Now, on to the episode. Um. So, yeah. So, how many weeks are you now? I am 23 weeks as of yesterday. Wow. How is it going? Do you, think, do you feel like it's going fast or slow? Or The first 20 weeks were so slow and scary and, like, so overwhelming mm. And I think like once I started telling my family and friends, it got like a little less terrifying and a little less scary, but definitely dragged by. And then now all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I have how many more weeks until I have to to push a child out of me and then raise it? I'm not ready. I'm not ready. (laughs) Like it's like going way too fast. Yeah. I don't even know which one is scarier, the pushing the baby out or the raising it. I feel like probably raising it because pushing it out, like there's a, that ends quickly, hopefully, you know, like raising it, like that's a lifelong commitment. This is true. (laughs) What, if you don't mind me asking, what was, you said a lot of scary, like a lot of fear, a lot of scariness. What was that coming from for you in the beginning? Um, so being completely candid and open, which I'm going to be this whole entire interview um, conversation, I never wanted kids. So this wasn't planned. So I think for a lot of people, like, yes, you find out you're pregnant. You're it's terrifying. I feel like for everybody, because you're like, oh shit, my whole entire life is about to change. But for somebody who's never wanted kids and never planned something like this, it's like a lot to unpack at first. (laughs) And and it's like, okay, I I made a decision and we're going to go forward with this decision. But kind of coming to terms with all of those emotions and like everything you're feeling. And then like, you know, you're, you're telling your close friends and family and they're like, Oh my God, are you excited? And it's like, no, not really. no, I'm petrified. <laughs> I'm 
absolutely terrified. The excitement, I'm sure, will come, but you know, and it did. I I got to the point where I started talking to people and telling people, and I'm <clears throat> I'm fully excited now, and the the terror has taken a back seat. <laughs> it's still there, but I am way more excited than I was when I first find, found out, and I've gotten over those emotions and I've worked through it and everything. Wow. Um, I didn't, so, yeah. I don't think I realized that it was a surprise pregnancy. It was for a you. surprise. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I remember for my own, all three of my pregnancies were pretty planned. Like there was pretty planned, pretty like, let's try this out. Let's see where it goes, you know? And yet every single time I got that positive test, I just remember it, it felt like um, I used to row in college What we would have to do is we would have to, it was a two mile race course. That sounds long. Maybe it was was a long course. And what you'd have to do is you'd have to row up the river, like Mm -hmm. backwards on the race course and then turn around and just start racing. So Mm -hmm. I remember like that row up to the race, just being like, Oh God, I can't, this is it. It's like, you're not in the race, but you're already rowing and you're, you just can't get off the boat and you're just in it. It's like a roller coaster, you know? And I remember that same like pit in my stomach. Every time I realized I was pregnant, it's like, Oh boy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here we go. There's only one way off this ride, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Or there's actually multiple ways off this ride and they're all terrible. (laughs) (laughs) they're all terrible so just embrace it um so yeah so that was a lot but we're good now that's awesome oh I love it so tell me a little bit like from your perspective what it's like getting ready for a baby I you know I've I'm a mom now of for nine years so I would love to hear from someone who's kind of in it like what are the things that you're thinking about what are the things that are coming up for you as you prepare um, so I am usually a very type A. I like to plan. I don't like surprises. I like to control everything. Mm-hmm. And this pregnancy, I have let that all go. I don't know who this person is. I want everybody to do everything for me. <laughs> I want to make no decisions. Um, I think at one point I said to Janelle, like, can you just, can you and Caitlin just make a list of everything I need and I'll just put it on my registry? Cause like, I don't even want to like go on Bye Bye Baby. Like, I don't want to like sit on this website and do this, you know? Um, so I've been super cash. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is losing their minds because Matt and I are just like so laid back with this whole thing. And we're like, whatever, man. Like, if the baby needs something, we'll just buy it. And people are like, you need a registry mm-hmm. like yesterday. I'm like, it's fine. We'll get there. Um, Sounds like you need to be her village registry. <laughs> I've, I've already signed up. I have to get that ironed out. on like what I want yeah. to register for. Um, but yeah, that, that has already been a discussion with certain people where they like don't understand. My cousin thought I was like registering for like massages. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, like I can, but I'm going to register for like a lactation consult. <laughs> Like, 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 you should because that is sometimes what we need yeah I love it um so there have been plenty of fun conversations around baby showers and registries and what that looks like to the average person versus what that looks like to myself who is a little more um holistic and I have been following you and your journey with Be Her Village since 
Janelle had Cora, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what has it been? Two years, Year. two and a half years. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's prepped me with this whole experience of like, yes, I know that I need swaddles and bottles and carriers and car seats, mm-hmm. but I also need certain things that are going to be able to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. So that way, like I can then take care of this human being. Right. <laughs> right. Which is, which is in many ways, the hardest part is to not sort of lose yourself in becoming a mother. Mm-hmm. I remember this very distinct moment where my baby, um, I had him, I guess it wasn't a moment. It was just an overwhelming like feeling. And I just remember looking at him and like my entire view of the world just like funneled down to this tiny little thing. And it was like, oh, you are everything. It might've been mm-hmm. the exact onset of postpartum anxiety, but if <laughs> well, I think what I'm describing is that moment. Um, but basically it was like the whole world was him, him, him. Mm-hmm. And like, in that I was lost. I was not a person anymore. I didn't have my own ideas. It was like, I suddenly was there to serve him, which was, which still sure I'm a mother, but I'm like a mother and a bunch of other things. And it can be really difficult as we go into motherhood and step into pregnancy and step into like birth and all of these things to, to still be ourselves Mm -hmm. outside of that motherhood. Um, Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you and Matt, besides being like, it's fine. And it sounds to me like fending off some family members. That sounds like a little bit of what you're doing mostly. A little bit. What does that look like for you? I'd love to hear more about that. Um, well, I am, I have a pretty small family. We're very close. And I don't have a relationship with my mom Mm. and I don't have a relationship with that side of the family. Um, I made a choice very early on in my young adulthood to cut my mom out of my life because it was a toxic relationship. Mm. So for me, it is very easy to tell people that I don't care if I'm hurting your feelings. Myself and my family come first. Mm. Um, So... Um, I'm pretty grateful that Matt has kind of taken the the reins here and has kind of put some people in their place. Um, whereas like, I've been noticing that some people have, are acting almost as if like, this is their baby, their baby shower. Um, you know, like the invite list. So many people have so many opinions about like who needs to be invited and Mm -hmm. Like, my own mom's not coming to my baby shower. I don't care if, like, Aunt Glenda from, like, four generations down, like, isn't invited. Yeah. You know? Like, no. <laughs> it's not a big – it's not a big deal. Um, So there's been a little bit of that. There's been a little bit of, like, you know, family drama. Like, you know, this aunt can't be invited because of the X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, this is our family now. Like, me and Matt's family. And we're going to invite people that – we love and who we want to share this experience with and they can make a choice if they feel uncomfortable to not come because of family drama. Um, So that's kind of like what's been going on a little bit here and there with that. That's, I mean, you're like touching on something that's so huge and it's this shift of not just you and Matt, like making a baby in your body and having a baby in your life, which is a huge shift, but there's this mm-hmm. family shift happening where 
you are going from the daughter or the niece or the sister or the friend into the mother and the matriarch of your little family. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to like, sometimes kind of throw your elbows up and make a little room for that to exist and set boundaries. And it's really setting boundaries is like the easiest, like, thing to say and one of the hardest things to do at least in my experience it's really really difficult because people that need boundaries set and especially toxic people are don't respond well to boundaries (laughs) they try to push them and they and they have tantrums and they you know and they do all kinds of disruptive things Mm -hmm. and we're also noticing that some matriarchs um maybe like to be in control and so when they're not in control of certain things. They're kind of like ruffling their feathers almost like, like they don't know what to do when it's like, okay, but like you already had your babies. You already had your baby shower. Now your baby is having a baby shower. So like you need to sit down and, and let the new matriarch kind of handle her shit <laughs> for lack of better words, you know? Yeah. yeah. So Wow. It has been, it has been interesting, but we're getting through it. Good. I mean, that sounds really hard, but at the same time, in my experience, both as a person and as a doula, it feels like if you get a bunch of opportunities and if you don't get it the first time, you get another opportunity, you know, if you don't get it at the baby shower, then you get it at the birth. And if you don't get the opportunity to set these boundaries at the birth, then you get it, you know, in that first month of life or that first Christmas, et cetera. Like there's just, there's, it's going to continue to come up until you. I'm sure there's endless opportunities throughout the course of this relationship and this child's life. Yeah. So um, let's switch gears a little bit. What, kinds of supports are you surrounding yourself with? I know that you're interested in dual support. Tell me about why you're interested in it, what you're looking for, and the types of services and stuff that you're that you're enlisting for this birth. Um I am actually jumping on a call tonight with some doulas um to see what they're all about. I've also, this is another thing I told my midwife last week at my visit. I was like, she's like, oh, so are we like talking about doulas? What are we thinking? I was like, yeah, no, I need to hire one, but can you do that for me? (laughs) Um, It's been a little overwhelming, but um, I know uh, you and Janelle gave me some recommendations. My midwife gave me some recommendations. So right now I'm just kind of trying to narrow that down. Um, It's definitely something that I think Matt and I both want, Um, again, being close with the both of you, you and Janelle, um, I think we know it's necessary. (laughs) Um, somebody actually told me the other day, they're like, Oh, are you practicing, you know, X, Y, and Z for your birth? I was like, no, I'm hiring a doula. (laughs) I'm not practicing anything. I'm hiring a doula and I'm hoping for the best. (laughs) Um, no, but really I, I think for the both of us, we definitely want that support Um, somebody that is going to be able to kind of like hold our hands through this journey and make it as enjoyable for the both of us and as comfortable for the both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and somebody that's, that's done this a bunch of times, that's going to be able to kind of give some tips and advice um, throughout labor. And then of course, like afterwards too, um, I've been noticing that a lot of the doulas I've been checking out are, 
very much like, oh, you know, you get like X amount of visits before the baby comes. Mm-hmm. And then it's like one visit after. And then it's like, you're on your way. And I'm like more, I'm like, can I take these two pre visits and put them at the end? Like, that's when I like really want the help. It sounds like you're interested in a postpartum doula. I think so. Yeah. Postpartum doulas are like fairy godmothers. They literally just kind of swoop in Mm -hmm. and make everything feel better. I want that. And just kind of circling back to your mom. I remember my doula explaining to me what a postpartum doula is. And I looked at her and I said, well, that's just everything my mom did. So it might be really beneficial for you to kind of have that motherly, maternal, mm-hmm. non-toxic person Absolutely. in and care for you. And, you know, because it's a little bit cooking. It's a little bit cleaning. It's a little bit caring for the baby. It's a little bit getting a nap and a shower. Mm-hmm. But it's also like somebody to sit there and just validate what you're feeling and right. sure you had a breastfeed or or problem solve or literally just have you be like oh my god I don't know what just happened to me and I have a baby and I don't know if I'm doing this right and for them to just go you're doing great you know it's mm-hmm. such a little thing but when you need that support and that validation and somebody to just hear you out it means the world and to have somebody that's like trained in that transition <clears throat> and supporting the mother can be really 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 impactful so I highly awesome. recommend postpartum doulas all right looking into it yeah <laughs> i think there was um one that the midwife recommended that does have a package for postpartum so. i was gonna say there are birth doulas that do postpartum doula work as well um i remember i did one i did two shifts as a postpartum doula but i had a five-month-old at home uh-huh. and i was like i i was like wearing a baby and like cleaning bottles like making dinner i was like i need to do this in my own house i can't <laughs> do this for work I already am doing this. I'm like, I need this. I don't need to be doing this for somebody else. So it was a very short-lived little stint as postpartum doula. Um, But yeah, there's like highly trained people that are really wonderful. There's tons of great options. And yeah, add it to your list of of professionals. Can I ask you about childbirth education and what you're doing to prepare in that sense? Have you or Matt sort of watched videos or taken a class or done any Mm -hmm. prep in that sense? No, we haven't. (laughs) Are you Um, thinking about doing that or is that not on your list? No, it's definitely on the radar. Okay. Um, Definitely something that we are both, I think, open to and I think it's necessary for both of us. Um, So definitely something I'll be looking into. Um, You know, I've read a few books here and there, but nothing even – you know, I think a class or even just like a course online would be beneficial for sure. I can't recommend it enough. Um, you know what it is? People, when I was interviewed as a doula, one of the main questions, because this is like the fear point for everybody, is like, how, mm-hmm. how are you going to make it not hurt? That would be their mm-hmm. question. Like, what are the tips for it not hurting? And of course, there's like endless like actual practical things like physical and positional and, you know, little techniques. But my answer was always the same. It was, we help reduce the pain by keeping you calm. Mm-hmm. And the way that we keep you calm, this, I would kind of go into that and talk about it, but like the way that you prep to stay calm in labor is by getting the information now. And the work of labor and the work of birth is actually right now. It's, mm-hmm. it's done in the hiring of professionals. It's done in the selecting your provider. 
it's done in making the birth plan and making sure your provider and your uh, your provider's comfort level and your comfort level and what you want for your birth are very close and overlapping, mm-hmm. um, if not a perfect circle of a Venn diagram. <laughs> and also in getting as much information as you can about what's about to happen to you and what it looks right. like, because it can, it's a whole thing. Like even the most perfect book, <clears throat> like you just open like a flower and the baby comes out. Like people do have those births. I had one for my third. It was like contraction, contraction, like it, it was four hours, like start to finish it was textbook. She came out really fast. And yet like, so from the outside, it looked really smooth and easy. Right. But on the inside, it's like, even as a doula, even as a third time birthing person, I was still like, whoa, my God, what's happening? You know? Mm-hmm. So the more information that you have leading up to the birth, the better. So I just highly recommend getting 100%. some sort of um, education in there. I agree with that too. The more information you have, I think, for anything in life, yeah. it's always going to make anything feel less painful, less anxious, less, less scary when you kind of know what to expect, even though it can always look different from person to person, just having like a general foundation of like, all right, this is what you're going to expect. Don't be scared. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's, that to the list. let's talk about choosing a provider and what you are planning for your birth because I mean I know but I would love to kind of go through sure. a little bit how important that is number one because it just seems <clears throat> one of the most important things but I would love to hear how you approached it like when you thought about giving birth after you got that surprise positive test which by the yeah. way I'd love to hear more about that but like <laughs> what was the process of like how do I select a provider how do I where do I give birth so even though this was not planned and um, everything like that, I think Matt and I, like years ago, before Janelle even had Cora, before anybody we knew ever had a home birth, we both kind of were like, hey, if we ever do this thing and like have a kid, like, are you down with a home birth? And it came from me because I was like, I don't do hospitals. I don't want to be in a hospital. And Matt's exactly the same way. Like, he doesn't like them. He was like, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, And I've heard a lot of people say how lucky I am to have a partner who is just on the same page with me on all of this stuff. And yes, I am lucky. But at the same time, Matt and I got together at a very interesting point in our lives where we kind of have gone on this journey together um, where, you know, our, we've, we've made a lot of changes in our life and our lifestyle to be a little more functional, a little more holistic, but it wasn't that like one of us was already doing this and brought the other one in. We kind of came together and just started this journey. So yes, I am lucky, but at the same time, like I don't have to convince my significant other to agree with me Mm. on any of this stuff. He's already kind of like, Oh, well, I thought we would do that anyway. Like, Right. You guys were for the court. You were on that journey already and together and communicating about those things. So it's not like you're living this like totally standard life and then you're like, by the way, I want to give birth in my living room, you know? Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry, yeah, what? Right. Some of my friends are like, Oh, I don't want to do X, Y, and Z, but my husband does. And I'm like, Well, 
I can understand why, because like you're pulling this out of left field. Like it's so out of character. Um, So yeah, it was kind of established beforehand that this was like, duh, we're going to have a midwife and Mm -hmm. we're going to have a birthing pool in our living room. Um, So we are using a midwife. We are doing a home birth. The goal is to hopefully give birth in a pool, but whatever feels comfortable and whatever baby wants, baby will get. Um, and obviously choosing a provider that kind of made it a little bit easier. Mm. (laughs) There's not much to take from, but, uh, we are going with Gaia and it has been pretty easy to kind of just deal with them. It's pretty seamless. Um, from what I, I mean, I don't know anything else. I've never, other than like what my friends have told me with using a regular OBGYN, it seems to be pretty standard care. Um, what I love about using a midwife was on my first visit, they basically said to me, you know, we are going to give you all of the facts, all of the information, all of the science, and then you can kind of mold your care from there. Um, so I was able to choose how many sonograms I wanted to have. Um, I was able to choose what kind of testing I wanted to have in the beginning. Since I am a little bit older, I did choose to have genetic testing done. Things on my side of the family that I wanted to kind of make sure rule out in the beginning. Um, And not necessarily was it like a deciding factor on this pregnancy. It was just more so like we wanted to kind of know ahead of time if anything was going to pop up that we needed to plan for. Um, So we did a little bit of that. So I did like one sonogram in the beginning uh, to confirm the pregnancy. And then we did our anatomy scan at 20 weeks and that's all we're planning for. And same thing with testing, unless anything comes up and yeah, I mean, the midwives have been great. Um, There's no pressure. I feel like people are, you know, you tell them you're having a home birth and they think you're like going to like the nearby Creek and you're like going to birth outside with like witches. With with (laughs) witches and zero medical, they, there is a, a, a perception of home birth that is like an old lady showing up and burning sage and like calling it midwifery. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's one I just, I bristle at because I am, I don't know, I feel like I'm a little unique in that like I've given birth in the hospital, I've given birth at home, I've had a C-section. I don't know. Like I am, curious I, at all. I've, and I embrace home birth and midwifery mm-hmm. and I embrace people who want an elective c-section like it's just I'm a huge proponent of doing what feels comfortable and what feels good because everybody has their own history everybody has their own desires everybody has what feels good for them and what feels mm-hmm. safe for them and some people a home birth sounds awful because it feels very unsafe and they want to be in the hospital and some people feel very unsafe in the hospital and would right. prefer to be at home a lot of it though a lot of the perceptions of home birth are based on misinformation and Mm -hmm. on not knowing actually how much medical equipment and training. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, there's just like, there's different types of midwives and there's different outcomes for, you know, different types of midwives and different locations, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, we choose what feels right for us. And I wonder how, and we talked about your family and, outsiders sort of um, putting pressure on you just for baby showers, which feels like in the grand scheme of 
welcoming a baby and like creating literally a human in your body and then raising it to adulthood, it feels like the baby shower is like this tiny little, little non, you know, thing that should be a big deal. It's a blip. Mm-hmm. So how has the response been? Are you sharing with people that you're, I mean, you're sharing right now, obviously, but yeah. are you talking about your upcoming birth and your choices and what sort of feedback are you getting from people? I am sharing um, because I am a type of person who loves to get a rise out of people. <clears throat> so I absolutely love the responses. And I also, yes, I love to, I love to be sassy, but I also love to use it as an opportunity to educate people. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you said, like there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes around midwifery and it's, I've, it's given me an opportunity and a chance to kind of educate people more so than them just being like, Oh my God, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, maybe you think so. But like, you know, I can actually deliver in a hospital with my midwives. Mm-hmm. If anything goes wrong, my midwives will take me to a hospital, you know? So it has given me an opportunity to do that. Um, my family's response, my aunt didn't even like bat an eye, which, I mean, she had me in acupuncture at 20 years old. So she like, you started this. <laughs> like if she were to say anything, it'd be like, her fault. Get down. Like <laughs> you like love, Repo- like you're a Republican, but you like love crystals and acupuncture. So like go away, you know? <laughs> so she can't say anything. Um, my cousin she's around my age. So she's just kind of like, you know, cool. Like, you know, people are doing this these days. Um, my sister is your typical registered nurse. Mm -hmm. So she is like, what do you mean? You're not going to get an epidural. What, what are you doing? And I was like, okay, like keep it moving. Um, my dad just giggled. He was like birthing pool in the living room. Like, all right, whatever. You know, again, everybody's just kind of like, it's on par. It's not even a surprise, but (laughs) at the same time, they're like, wait, this is a thing? Like, this is a thing people do? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay, cool. I mean, you are kind of a hippie, so. (laughs) There you go. I love it. And Matt's family, they didn't even, I think his sister was a little okay, well, if you need help with something like registering the baby or something, like, let us know. We're like, well, we're working with professionals. Like, right. It kind of like goes back to the like you know we're we're doing this like at the creek at, with witches like yeah. you know like totally so off like, off grid nobody's gonna know you had a baby <laughs> exactly like, like the baby's not gonna be registered with the state we're like no guys it's we're good we're with professionals we do not need any help <laughs> we'll let you know awesome so I think everybody kind of was is expecting us mm. to do something like this love it. Yeah. So tell me more about, um, let's see, what else can we talk about with your pregnancy? Tell me more about, um, that emotional journey. Let's start. Can you tell us the story of like how you suspected you were pregnant? Yes. Um, so it was not even on my radar. Um, when did I find out? I found out in May. And I actually had a late period in April. So I just thought my period was late. I was like, and that's not common for me. It's very unusual. I track my period. Um, it's usually very regular. Um, it only happens when you're pregnant. Only happens when I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, that's weird. And then I just, I had a really weird dream 
the night before Mm. that I was pregnant and that I was telling people that I was pregnant. Whoa. Yeah. And I woke up super early. It was like seven o'clock in the morning and Matt was laying on the couch and I grabbed my keys and I like was walking out the door. He's like, where are you going? So I like woke up, brushed my teeth and was like out the front door. Wow. And I'm going to CVS and we literally at the end of our road is main street and there's a CVS. And uh, I got like halfway out the door and my stomach started to hurt. So I was like, oh, maybe this is period poops. Yeah. I ran back inside, (laughs) went to the bathroom, was not, went back to the car, went to CVS, grabbed a test and took my, took the test and was like, all right. I'm, and I was like maybe three days late for my period. Oh my goodness. So it wasn't even, I was like very early and I was just like, okay. All right. Uh, and I like walked out. Matt was on the couch. He's like, well, what's going on? I was like, we're having a baby. Holy shit. Sam, I'm thinking about this from Matt's perspective. Cause like, at least you had the dream and at least you're like tracking your period and at least you had possible period poops and like, whatever. <laughs> and Matt is just like waking up and you run out the door and you come back in and you come out and say, you're having a baby. Like I cannot <laughs> even imagine what that was like for him. Well, you know Matt I do. on a personal level, so you know how like calm and just like yeah. cool and collected he is. And that he was like, okay, okay, cool, all right, Let's add it to the list. <laughs> yeah, I'm like anything, anything. Like you want to? All right, well, all right. I mean, we'll fi- we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you mean I'll figure it out? <laughs> cool. <laughs> all righty. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's our big story. There was no like precious reveal. I didn't like hide a pea stick and yeah. like present it to him. I, and you know, I've thought about it over the years, like, Hey, you know, would you want to do something cute? Like maybe, I don't know, like, but I wouldn't be able to keep a secret. Like I, I tell this person everything mm-hmm. and I'm like the worst at like not telling him things. Like I cannot keep a secret from that if like my life depended on it. So like, I wouldn't even be able to go like, three days without telling him so it was like I think the bathroom door was open and I was probably like oh my god (laughs) probably on the couch like what is she doing do you know that for my second my husband told me which I didn't think is possible because you were sick so we I think we were trying we like we were we we tried once and like had sex and forgot to use a condom or something I don't know what it was but we had like decided to kind of try but hadn't really committed it was one of those times like we had sex and then right after I was like oh I'm I'm pregnant oh this is you just like knew yeah and a couple weeks later we went and got a test and I I took the test or I I think I took the test and it was negative And then I had a glass of wine and then I asked him to get me another glass of wine (laughs) because I wasn't pregnant. And he went to the bathroom and he saw the test and it had changed to positive while I was drinking that glass of wine. So he was like, you cannot have another glass of wine. I was like, wait, are you messing with me? And he's like, no, this is how I found it. I was like, oh my God. So we had a bunch of tests. So I took another one right away and it was like even more positive than the first one. And that was it. I was like, oh, okay. Can you imagine? No. So wild. Oh my goodness. We should collect stories of just people with their positive tests because. Hell yeah. I mean, that's a great one. Life changing things that can happen to you. Gosh. (sighs) All right. So. 
Before we wrap up, I just, I want to ask something about you guys becoming parents. Mm -hmm. So when you and Matt, if you've talked about it, but you can answer for yourself, if not, when you think about, this is good too. We could do it before and after, (laughs) like Sam at 23 weeks and then Sam at 23 (laughs) weeks postpartum. Um, What do you think of yourself? Like, what are the values that you have and what are the, what's the approach that you want to be? What kind of mom do you want to be? Ooh, so this has changed over, I know I said I never wanted to have kids, but you know how like you sit there and you're like, I'd never be that mom. Of course. This has changed over the years, you know. I always thought I would probably be like the fun, cool mom, like, you know, no, not no rules, but pretty laid back. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, no. Not probably not going to happen. I think I'll probably be not strict, but definitely the one with the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt is definitely going to be the fun parent, um, <clears throat> and not in, not in the sense that like you know he won't ha- have any rules or boundaries with our our kid, but um, he's just he's just a different person than I. I mean, you know this. Like he's a different personality than I am. Um, so I definitely that's what I foresee. Um, so definitely some boundaries, some rules. I'll be the strict one. I'll take one for the team. Um, but one thing that we definitely talk about is mm, putting an emphasis on memories and, um, really building a family unit unit and a conversation that we constantly have is, I don't know how to like kind of put this into words. Where, like, we don't want to put a big emphasis on materialistic things with our kids. We want to put a big emphasis on family time and vacation and, like, events and things like that. And making that more important than, like, having the latest and greatest iPad or, like, sneakers or something like that. Um, That is one thing that we definitely talk about a lot and making that a priority. I love that. That's really beautiful. And. I definitely resonate with that a whole lot um, because that's sweet. My childhood, I just, I don't remember. We never had like the nicest stuff or the best stuff, but like it wasn't, I didn't care about any of that as a kid. I just cared about like having people spend time with me and pay attention and do fun things. And so doing the same thing for our kids. I love that. And I I say to people all the time, like, because they're like, well, that'll change. Like, you know, you'll have your house will be filled with toys. I'm like, listen, I'm not saying that I'm never going to buy a toy for my kid. Right. What I'm saying is, is that I would rather their grandparents and their aunts and their uncles and friends that are aunts, like considered aunts and uncles, I would rather them have memories with these people because when they're 10, 20, 30, 40, they're not going to remember the Fisher Price toy that, you know, Aunt Janelle got them. They're going to remember the camping trip. They're going to remember being in the yard with grandma gardening. And those are things that I remember, you know, like I remember making Christmas Eve cookies with my Nana. I remember her taking me out into the the garden and teaching me how to garden when I was little. I don't remember what she got me for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I remember any of those kind of things. Um, so I think that's like really important that we need to have more of an emphasis on making those memories and having those traditions with our family versus, you know, making sure that we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars at Christmas and at birthdays. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to like your whole thing with like support, not stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, Memories, not stuff. Memories and time together. 
Yeah, and support. Support and absolutely all of those things and enriching experiences in our lives versus a bunch of stuff. And quite honestly, I find stuff to be extraordinarily stressful. I find when my counters are cluttered, when there's things all over, I can't even concentrate and I, I can't, I'm like agitated because stuff just piles up and it, it piled up like, you know, in a minimal way before I had kids. But as soon as you have kids, there's like this deluge of stuff. It starts with the baby shower and then you have the baby and people give you more stuff. And then you make mom friends and they give you stuff that they're done mm-hmm. with. And then every birthday, every Christmas, you get more stuff. And yeah, then yeah. I have two family members that give us stuff every time they come regardless of whether it's a holiday or anything and it just becomes this like constant fight against the stuff piling up and the kids don't really know how to sort through or like you know they like like what's in front of them but they actually we've found they do better when we just like remove most of the stuff they play with like the three things they have versus a room full of plastic crap yeah it makes sense. I mean, if we are grown adults and we're sitting here saying like we do well in a like clutter-free, minimalistic environment, why wouldn't kids? Why wouldn't you kids? know? I, I would feel like it's probably more stimulating and like overwhelming to a small body than you know an adult. But I, I'm with you. Like I cannot before I get anything started with my day, before I make breakfast, before I get to work. Like I have to make sure my like workspace is clean. Mm-hmm. I have to get rid of all the clutter. So yeah, yeah can't do it (laughs) love it well that's very beautiful and I'm very excited to watch you get closer as you welcome this baby and as you become a mama I am really excited and Sam as usual literally anything you need just please reach out because I'm here to like talk you through it or whatever and we'll figure it out absolutely thank you so much for doing this today it was really cool